With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Ron Wilson, and you are in the garden. And if you'd like to join us, love to have you. Here's our number. 749-5500. You can also hit pound 550 on that AT&T phone. Either way, you're going to wind up right here in our studios in Kidwood. Mighty Joe Strecker's in the house. He'll take your calls, get you lined up. We'll do our best to help answer those gardening questions for you. Have a tip you want to share? We'll give us a buzz. 749-5500 here at 55KRCD Talk Station. Our toll-free number, same as it is every Saturday morning. It's, what? Uh, number? Did I say number? Our toll-free number. Same as there. And you put the Saturday. Anyway, it's 800-823-8255. You do that sometimes at 630, 7 o'clock on Saturday mornings. Uh, it just happens. What can I say? Uh, as I promised, it is time for our good friend. And, of course, the segment is called, Are You Herbally Experienced with CCP CMH Appalachian Herbal Scholar, Maker of Strange Potions, and Part-Time Witch? Doctor, the most important title. The original Barefoot Gardener, ladies and gentlemen. Her website is abouteating.com. Rita Nader Heikenfeld, good morning. Good morning, Mr. Wilson. It's so nice to talk to you. And I got to tell you, I, I was telling Joe, you two, you always crack me up, but goodness. It's lots of subjects today. It's the mighty Joe. He just, you know, you get him rolling and he just goes <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah, well, you've heard him during the breaks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The man's got no, a. I'm there with you. Yeah, he's got a true sense of humor. There's no doubt about it. Who makes their own marshmallows? I do. And, you know, it's interesting because um, before I knew how to make them, actually, Carol Tabone, my colleague, made them one year for gifts from the kitchen uh, when we were teaching classes. They are so easy, and it's so cold out. And the football games are on. We're drinking hot chocolate. So I thought it would be something fun. Nothing to do with herbs, but it is not difficult. And it's really fun, as Joe mentioned, just for the little kids to just help with and cut into pieces and shapes and such. So they're really delicious. They're like air, too. They're really good. Joe said there ain't no hot chocolate at his house during the football games. Oh, uh, hmm. Maybe something a little stronger? Uh, probably. <laughs> Guaranteed, he said. <clears throat> Guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> Justine Wilson. Uh, yeah, have you ever watched any of those shows? Which ones? Justin Wilson. Oh, yes. yes Cajun yes, Cook. The cook, the yeah, chef. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he cra- yeah, he cracks me up, well, and he's of course, good. Of course, he passed yeah. away, what, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. But his shows are from like 20 years ago, and you watch him do these cooking shows, and he's like blowing his nose and yeah. putting the handkerchief back in his pocket. And do it. you're like, well, that's not like today's cooking shows. Oh, boy. So, no, everything is sterile. Guarantee. Sure. Guarantee. Ooh. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. you can make your own marshmallows. So, uh, Danny, we uh, he got a text from him. Danny really enjoyed them. So, it was a little well, chilly good. on the flight over this morning. It was, but you know, I wrap myself up very naturally and. Never mind what I wrapped myself up in, nah, but I got over there and I got back. 
Excellent. Good for you, because I'm glad you got back in time to talk with us. Rita Heikenfeld with us this morning, uh, her website, abouteating.com. So, lots going on. I mean, you know, it's the middle of the winter, but you, boy, don't slow down at all when it comes to getting things done. You already brought the horse manure in, getting ready to add some uh, horse manure to the garden? Well, you know, it's got to age, and our friend Ray, he brings, you've heard me say this before, the black gold, the really good horse manure, Mm -hmm. and he brought it um, last week, and he thought it was going to be, the ground was frozen solid enough, but he wasn't quite sure, but he thought, well, guess what, it wasn't, so he got stuck halfway dumping the load, and then he called his son-in-law, Ronnie, and he brought a big backhoe. You know, I wish I had a backhoe. I wish they made women's like tractors and backhoes, because I would love one. Anyway, long story short, we got him pulled out, um, and now I have a another lovely black mountain out there just waiting for spring. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of ladies out there right now that are, are lady farmers and all. They're saying, "Wait a second, I drive our tractors and backhoes." No, but I need a special. I need a shorter one. Yeah, you need a little shorter one. Yes. Yeah, with the yes. pedals up a little higher, so you can so you <laughs> can reach those. <laughs> yeah, um, I, mine would have to be adaptive, but I would love one. That would be so fun to have a scoop on the front and then the little tiller in the back. Oh, just that would just be heaven. You need to get like a bobcat. Oh, I love those, too. Yeah, those you, are big. You'd have fun those with are, that. Get down inside yeah. that thing and, yeah, oh, yeah. You could tear all kinds of things down. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> and then you've already tapped your maple trees. You know, we were late, though. Um, my neighbor, Aaron, who um, teaches uh, little the little ones at the Nature Center here on the east side, said they tapped theirs, I think, a couple weeks ago. Hmm. So when um, the girls were over, they had virtual school, my grandkids. So I took the three girls, and we went around to the trees and tapped them um, on Thursday. So very exciting time, and it's always nice because then, you know, spring may be far off, but yet, it isn't so the sap when the sap starts running up it'll be fun just think 10 days we got groundhog day isn't that crazy your favorite oh yeah well it is and you know joe Joe and i always talk about this every year that you know as soon as you go through past the first of the year the next thing you know it's groundhog day then it's valentine's day then you jump into home and garden shows and you're right back in the spring season again i know it and you know it takes a while for me i don't know about you to get used to the not the ch- the change of season in winter because I love all the, I love all the seasons and now I'm we're really nested in having a good time and I'm accepting all the cold and then when we tap the maple trees that's what exactly what I thought boy Valentine's Day then it everything speeds along doesn't it It sure does talking with Rita Heikenfeld again her website abouteating.com and uh, she's tapped the maple trees do you do you also partake with drinking the the maple sap or do you save yeah. it all and then boil it and make a pint of, because it takes, what, 40 gallons of sap to make a gallon of maple syrup, right? It take I think, 20 to 1 or 40, 40 to 1. 40 to 1, it's it crazy. a whole, whole lot. Yeah. Um, yes, last year we did drink some of the sap. It's so healthful for you, but that was the first time I ever did that. Um, and we had big, just big pots on the stove it seems like for two days straight boiling it down and it's funny because the sap when it, you, you see it when it comes out it's pretty clear maybe it's not like maple syrup color at all but as it boils down and evaporates and the sugars concentrates the maple the natural sugars it becomes golden really a wonderful thing for for kids to do too it's just science right there in your kitchen 
You know, we've had the folks on uh, every year from the, I think it was the Tap Your Tree. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and they, I remember him talking about that four or five years ago. I remember you and I, I think you ain't been on the show with us for that, but talking about mm-hmm. drinking that. And that's the first time I'd ever heard of doing that. And he said, you know, I always yeah. save a gallon for my family. We drink that for a couple, three weeks. Um, it's really good for you, et cetera, et cetera. Now they bottle it. I know. It, Isn't that amazing? And actually sell that. Yeah, the old, everything old is new again, and I think we've been there, done that, as I've told you many times with the artificial stuff. But um, you think the Indians, all those things that some of our ancestors did and, and the Native Americans were now um, embracing, which is a good thing, especially in times like this. It gets you outside into the fresh air, and it's just good camaraderie. It's good all around. Well, my comment to him last year was the fact that, you know, with, with doing that, is it just easier to bottle that? rather than going through the process of making maple syrup. And he said, well, it could be, so you kind of have to make sure you balance out the two uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, it, I mean, all you have to do is bottle that other, you know, they don't have to go through the process of boiling and all of that. So I and, know, and then, yeah, that, that would be interesting. I think for some reason I'm thinking Shark Tank, that show that has the entrepreneurs on it, mm-hmm. there was a young fellow who was bottling the maple syrup and or maple sap, rather, and I don't know whatever happened. He's probably a billionaire now. Probably. Anyway, yeah, we yeah. should have should have been one of us. <laughs> so I see you wrote for the Harris Farmers Almanac. It's on the stands now. Let's take a quick break. We come back. We'll find out what did Rita write about. And uh, you can go get your copy of the Harris Farmers Almanac as well. Here in the Garden with Ron Wilson. Got gardening questions? Ron has the answers at 1-800-823-TALK. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. This is 55 KRC, an iHeart Radio station. The Enabling Gardens from 10 until noon. This class deals with designing and maintaining a barrier-free garden to assist older and or disabled uh, clients. Handicapped raised beds and adaptive tools will be covered in this session. That would be a very cool one to to attend. It's absolutely free. Let them know you're coming. 859-586-6101. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Rita Heikenfeld's in the house talking about uh, all kinds of great things, of course. Don't forget our website, abouteating.com. And, of course, we always talk about herbs and spices and herbal gardening and all kinds of fun things like that. And today it's uh, tapping the maple trees. By the way, when you look down the the uh, Creek River behind you, uh, mm-hmm. do you see those sycamore trees along that creek anywhere? Oh, yeah, yeah. Always stand out in the wintertime. They do. They they always, gosh, they're sort of blotchy looking, the gray and the white. They're beautiful, but in their they're huge, but they're very distinctive. You can sure see them from a distance. No doubt about it. I, I, somebody always heard her say one time, look like ghosts up and down there. And I said, you're exactly right sometimes when you yeah, look at those. Yeah, that's a good description. So the Harris Farmer's Almanac is on the stands now, and you have an article and slash photos in there on simpling herbs. I thought I read that wrong or that you typed that wrong at first. Simpling <laughs> herbs and spices. What makes an yep. herb spice a simpling herb spice? Well, first of all, you'll be proud of me for this. It's the the Almanac's gardening guide that I'm in. And wow. It looks just like the Almanac. It's got the green and yellow cover and stuff. But anyway, since my association with you, I've just grown in wisdom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what is a simpling herb? It's an herb. It, it's just 
basically one or two herbs that have specific purposes. So you don't need a whole bunch of herbs to keep yourself healthy. Um, but it's just you can just use one or two herbs. And that's how I remember my mom using just one or two herbs or spices to keep us healthy, maybe also to um, flavor our foods. But they call it a garden of simples, and a lot of people aren't familiar with that, but it's just a very simple method of gardening and using those one or two herbs for specific purposes. Mm. So you make a, so you would pick, like what? Give me an example. Okay, well, let's just talk about one of my favorites and yours, too, like sweet basil, regular basil. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what we call an adaptogen herb, and you love that term, I know. I do. And, uh, and yeah, and then... Adaptogen herb, Mr. Wilson, it's basically one that just helps your whole body adapt to challenges in everyday life. It could be stress. It could be this or that. Anyway, um, you can make a nice sweet basil tea, and that will really help not only your immune system, but also it, it, it helps you just adapt to stress. And it seems like right now we're still in the throes of that coronavirus. There's still a little bit of stress around, don't you think? Oh, Absolutely. So I need more tea. You could drink more tea. And then the the other basil that um, we always sell a lot of at Natorps is the holy basil, the Tulsi. We can hardly keep that in. And that's a little bit different. People sort of confuse the two together because um, they are basils. But it's um, it, it's interesting. The, the sweet basil, if you look at it, the stems are hairless. And then the holy basil, if you look at it really close, they always have real fine hairs. And the holy basil is sometimes called hot basil because it's so peppery in taste. And then I grow a, a couple different kinds. But it, when you think about holy basil, if you're nervous, it can really help jangled nerves. And it's also really good for upper respiratory ailments and, and like flu caused by viruses. And it's interesting because um, we have uh, folks who come and buy it just to keep their children healthy upper respiratorily, if that's a term. So that's a, that's a wonderful one herb that you can use for many things. Holy basil, mm-hmm. or, or otherwise known as Tulsi. Yes, Tulsi, and there's different varieties, too. There's um, one that's grown, I think, in India that's perennial. In our climate here, ours are always um, annual herbs. Interesting. How about chamomile? You know, chamomile, always, always you, you see it in the movies, you hear people talking about chamomile. I mean, is that really that popular, chamomile tea? It is, you know, because, again, I've never had it. like a Peter Rabbit, yeah. And when he was in Mr. McGregor's garden and his mom, when he came back, she gave him a cup of chamomile tea to chamomile. calm him down. Mm-hmm. Chamomile or chamomile, whatever. Um, and there's two kinds. I grow the, the German. It's uh, tall, and then the English is more of a, I call a footpath chamomile. It's lovely on footpaths, and it has a wonderful sort of apple-like fragrance. But some people use um, chamomile um, as a tea, just the one herb, or and you can put it in a foot bath too because it's really soothing to your feet, too, as a soak. So, you know, and it's easy to grow. I, the chamomile around here self-seeds. It's just growing everywhere. So it's a lovely a daisy-like flower um, to grow, and quite lovely, as I said. Talking with Rita Heikenfeld, her website, abouteating.com. 
Don't forget our recipe. Her recipe on our website this week is uh, homemade marshmallows. Had no idea you could make your own marshmallows, but you can. And, uh, you know, it's going to, if the Rita's got it there, you know, they're going to be good. And of course, easy to do as well. So be sure and check that out. And you can always scroll back through and see all of her, uh, past recipes. Last week was the uh, easy chili, which oh, yeah. had a lot of ingredients, but, uh, easy, easy to make. So, yeah, it it goes together quick. Goes together quickly. But we're talking about gardens, uh, a garden of simples. I, mm-hmm. I swear to you, I thought you typed that wrong. Simples for healing. <laughs> so. Yes. So yes. when we talk about be- echinacea for tea, is it the leaf or the flower petals that we're making for the tea? Well, actually, you can use both. Um, the leaves, I think, have more of a, a medicinal, uh, more medicinal properties. But you can use both. They they both have the medicinal properties. Um, and it's really interesting when you think of echinacea and colds and such. Um, it's really good for your immune system too. And echinacea, if you just take a bite of the leaf, it's sort of a strong flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also take those leaves and flowers and make an, like an echinacea honey with some raw honey. Really, really wonderful. So, um, and it likes full sun and it does like a sort of a fertile soil. But I think echinacea will grow just about everywhere. And, it, and the good thing about it, it doesn't need a lot of water. So that one flower alone can be beautiful as a bouquet and also as a healer. So all the echinaceas that you'll see in the perennial gardens, you know, the, all the new varieties and all that are out there, those all can be used for that, right? No. no. Um, there's some. It's called echinacea augustifolia. Okay. And it's the, oh, I think it's the, pur- it's the purple one. Um, but there's a lot of research going on now with the different echinaceas, but um, they're all beautiful, and I don't know that they all have medicinal qualities, but certain ones do. So if you're looking for that, it will tell you on the tag if you go to, like, um, an independent garden nursery or such. Just ask questions. Always feel free to do that. Talking about the Garden of Simples for Healing, basil, chamomile, echinacea, lavender, peppermint, rosemary, sage, yarrow, uh, you can pick and choose through all of those and um, have your garden of simples for healing. You know, I, Rita, I saw the other day, um, it said German thyme. Yeah. Thymus vulgaris. Yeah. Is that, but that, isn't that English or French thyme? No. They... Um, you know what? Funny that you said that. Um, I grow the English and, and the French, which are the, the gold standards. The German thyme is sometimes called winter thyme also, and I still have some growing in my window box. It's a very hardy thyme. Um, it's got lots of medicinal qualities as well. It's really a strong, um, peppery taste. So, yeah, th- time. I'm glad you mentioned that. Kind of threw me off there. Rita Heikenfeld, always a pleasure. Again, her website is abouteating.com. Be sure and check it out. We'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Okay, sounds good, Mr. Wilson. Thank you. Are you herbally experienced with our good friend Rita Heikenfeld? Phone lines are open for you, 800-823-8255. 513-7400-5750. You got it. In the Garden with Ron Wilson. How is your garden growing? Call Ron now at 1-800-823-TALK. You're listening to In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Watching over your wealth. Now more from the Steve Parents Coordinated Financial Planning Studios. This is 55KRC, the talk station and iHeart radio station. Good morning. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. And I really screwed up at the end of the last segment because Joe had just mentioned to me 
mention our local number because sometimes we've been having issues with the 800 number uh, going through. And you can also try us on our local number at 513-749-5500. And the clock was running down, and I was trying to get that out, and it all just went together on one big blah, 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 blah. It was really smooth. And as soon as we went off the air, Joe said, what was that? I said, that was uh, me getting all tongue-tied. So anyway, uh, I was trying to get in too much and just said, you got to just can only do so much in a certain amount of time. So anyway, so if you're calling on the 800 number and it uh, seems to be busy, um, don't assume that we're filled up. Just it's try the local one, 513-749-5500. You know, earlier on, Joe asked me a great question. And I just want to bring this up one more time because this is so important. And I don't think a lot of folks um, think about this when you're doing your yardening, um, when you're buying plants for your yard and garden, when we start talking about annuals and perennials and hardy shrubs and hardy this and non-hardies, et cetera, et cetera, is the hardiness plant zones that the United States has. And I think these zones are all throughout the country, but the United States uh, uh, Department of Agriculture puts ours together and the hardiness plant zones, uh, this map, uh, and if you, you can print it out, go just Google plant hardiness zone map from USDA and you can print it out and take a look at it. Um, but there are different zones and the, the warmest zones are in the south, obviously the southern tip of Florida and Texas, um, which start out at zones. Well, they actually have 13 listed in Puerto Rico, but usually it's right around 12. And then it goes to 11, and then it gets smaller. The number gets smaller as you get colder winters. And that's based on the average coldest temperature in the winter. All right, so it has nothing to do with frost in the springtime. has nothing to do with being the temperatures in the summertime or the fall temperatures or whatever, because ups and downs can take plants out. You know that very well that, you know, a plant could be leafing out in the springtime and also have a sudden drop in temperatures and take it out. Well, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with how hardy a plant can be, assuming, and here's the other thing you have to remember about plant hardiness zones. This is assuming the plant is in the right place, growing well, healthy, no issues that may, you know, help that if you get an extremely cold day that it would take it off or take it over the edge or whatever. So we're assuming that plant is established, you know, and, 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 and doing well, a healthy plant. But that, that's where they have these zones. And so that way you know that when you plant something that's hardy, Hardy for your zone, it will make it through the winter. Not hardy for your zone doesn't make it through the winter. If it's not hardy for your zone, that means that you're either planting it as an annual, so you would annually plant it every year. You'd have to go out and replant this thing every year, or it's something that you have to overwinter in a protected area to mimic a zone 5, 8, 9, whatever it happens to be, hardy 2, to mimic that to get it through the winter. In our area, you know, the south is just loaded with uh, crepe myrtle. All the zones, uh, you know, 7s, 8s, 9s, 10s, 11s, 12s, they all have crepe myrtles. And, of course, you, you visit down there and you vacation and you love them. And then when you come back to us where it's a zone 6 and zone 5, you know, it's they're questionable. They're on a hardiness borderline. But plant breeders are doing better jobs at getting hardier crepe myrtles that are now listed zone 5 and zone 6. So we are seeing those those hardier varieties coming along, which is an outstanding thing. But again, if they're on the borderline, if it says uh, crepe myrtle and it's hardy to zone six, if by chance, and remember, it's based on our average coldest temperatures, which in southern, we'll use Ohio, for example. 
It's 6A and 6B. 6B or 6A would be the lower parts. 6B is the lower part. 6A is the higher, the upper part of Ohio. It's minus five to zero, minus ten to minus five are those temperatures. If it drops to those points or lower, there's a good chance you could have some winter damage on the upper part of the plant, which we do get sometimes in that and um, laurels and things like that. They don't necessarily, they totally die, but they'll die back close to the ground and then come right back up in the root system again. But that's what that's all about, to help you pick plants that are hardy for your zone. So if you're a zone five, you know, if you pick plants that are hardy to zone four, you know you got it made. And then you garden for zone five. You go on six, you garden for zone five, but you know with six, um, you know, you, 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 you could be on a hardiness borderline if the temperatures get really low. Uh, for an extended period of time. But anyway, that's what it's all about. Learn more about it. Know what your plant zone is so that when you're buying plants, hardy plants from your local garden center, um, you'll know that when it lists on there the zones, you'll know how if it's hardy or not for your particular area. Then you know if you have to plant it annually, if you have to overwinter it in protection, um, or you're good to go leaving it outside over the winter time. But again, those are your plant hardiness zones. You can Google that. The USDA puts that together. Print out the map. And you'll see they go coast to coast. Uh, plant palette may change a little bit, but actually the zones go coast to coast. So know what yours is and use that as a basis when you're buying your plants. To the gardening phone lines, we shall go. Paul in Wadsworth, good morning. Hey, Ron, how you doing, buddy? Good, sir. And yourself? I, uh, well, it's funny you should ask, Ron. I just got over the COVID. Oh, you did? Hey. How'd you do? Yeah, man, I had it. I had it for like two, three weeks. Well, the whole family, you know. Oh, the baby got it, everybody. Great. That's why I wasn't calling in too much. But man, I was listening. I was putting the putting the show on, and man, I was hearing those shows you were doing with uh, the tree guy, well, the tree weather guy. I forget his name. Ron Rothis. Uh, yeah. The Ronnie and you, and oh my gosh, yeah, you had some great shows, man. I kept wanting to chime in, but I was coughing my head off, and you know, the usual COVID chunk. So, but boy, boy, man, some great shows you had. I just Thanks. felt bad I couldn't call in the last couple times. You well, know? we're glad you're feeling better. Oh yeah, way better, man. And it's yeah. funny, you just you that's exactly what I was gonna chime in about the zones, man. It's negative two up here in Wadsworth. What do you got down there right now? Uh, I think we were nine six. We were nine earliest dropped to six. Above. We are negative two right now. So hey man, I'm worried about my crepe myrtles, like you said. I'm worried about my Murray's and my uh Cryptomeria because boy, I don't think they like this. But you know what? We got, uh, I know you've chimed in about this many times. Uh, we got that snow cover on them, though. Like, a lot of them are buried in uh, our our foot and a half of snow that we got up here. So, it's, yeah. they're under the snow. Yeah, so, so the good snow I think it, most, keeps it insulated. Yeah. There's no doubt. I know, uh, like, our producer, Joe, hates the snow. But the one thing I keep reminding him, it's good for the plants. It's, it's, yeah, so, it's insulating. All yeah. my one gallons are under this, way under the snow. All my three gallons are half under the snow. So, I don't know, man. I might I might uh, get past this negative two thing we got going on today up here. Yeah. And I did. I I just, I just read a couple of weeks ago. Of course, all the new plants that are coming out uh, right now. You see all the oh, yeah. marketing. Oh boy! Uh, good line of uh, crepe myrtles now called great myrtles um, that great are listed. Myrtles. Yeah, wow. that are listed zone five. And huh. I I believe okay. most of them are more in a dwarf, so they're you oh, know okay. four to five feet or shorter. And of course, being smaller wow. like that makes them actually makes them a little bit hardier because they're closer to the ground. But they're actually listing True. those as a uh, Zone 5, and it's uh, it's new, and I don't know if it's going to be readily available at a lot of the garden centers, but they were called Great Crepe Great Myrtles. Myrtle. Yeah. Great Crepe Myrtles. I wonder who made those. Uh, uh, it's like another... Carl Whitcomb out in 
I don't know who the developer was, but it's another brand, you know, branding of a selection of plants that I have not heard of before. So that's why I say when somebody asked me about them, I looked it up, and uh, I don't know how readily available they're going to be, but they're actually listed as Zone 5, so that's uh, that's encouraging. Wow, Zone 5, that is encouraging. That's totally encouraging because I love crepe myrtles. I I just, you know, I... I tell these uh, Southerners when I go down to Tennessee, because you guys are so lucky. You can have these crab myrtles. I go, yep. we go up to Iowa. We can't have these beautiful trees, tree yep. plants, whatever you want to call them. I love the tree versions, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm a big Carl Whitcomb fan, the guy out of Kansas there. Yep. The, you know, the root maker products, and I have a lot of those, and that's how I do a lot of my root pruning. Excellent. Because uh, I'm big on that. So, But, hey, man, I just wanted to... Say hi and and tell you I'm I'm alive, man. Good. I'm due to COVID, so it's, it's all cool. Yeah, still gardening. Still, we got an amaryllis getting ready to come up here in the house that my got my wife got from. Uh, man, it's going to be gorgeous, beautiful red one. So good we got for all you. kinds of fun stuff going on. Well, good, so, good yeah, hearing from you. I'm glad you're doing okay, and hope the family uh, continues <laughs> on. And yep, you had some great shows and great guests in there, man. I was appreciate listening. it. I, t- I tell you what, even if I wasn't chiming in, I was listening. Good. Well, <laughs> good hearing from you. Okay, Ron, I'll stay in touch. I'll try to make down an A-Torch stuff. All right, Paul. Take care. Okay. All right, bye-bye. You know, he brought up a good point there. We've got uh, one of my notes here is that uh, in our front, in our living room, we have an amaryllis that's in flower right now, and I had potted that thing up. I bought a whole bunch of boxes, and I told you this right around Christmas, um, that were on sale. I admit it. I watch for those to happen and uh, because I buy them for gifts wrap them up and give them away, and they're a great gift. It's the one you get two thank yous. You get a thank you when you give it away, and you get a thank you when it's in flower. And I had potted a one up before Christmas, and I think this is at five weeks maybe, so it's quicker than usual, but it's in full flower. And uh, it'll probably last for easily. I, we, we keep our house pretty cool, so it'll probably last another uh, two to three weeks um, if I'm lucky. But, you know, again, think about this. Three weeks easily, if not longer, of these huge flowers in bloom. And you can get all different colors. This happens to be a red. And I'm right now potting up another one to come up in about another six weeks. So after that one's finished, there'll be a little bit of a delay. And then I'll have another one we'll come back up. That is a great way to give yourself indoor color uh, during the winter season. And it's such a tremendous show and so unusual because of the long stock. But again, keep that in mind next year uh, during the holiday season is right when you get close to Christmas or right after Christmas, check out where they sell plants. And I'll be honest with you, I got it at, um, I will go to a lot of times to the, uh, like the uh, home improvement stores. They sell plants, right? But then they're going to sell, you, know, you want to get rid of all that stuff at the Christmas time. And I'll go in and scarf those boxes up for four or five bucks or less, three dollars a box. And you've got great color all winter long. Uh, so, you know, again, amaryllis, keep that in mind next holiday. Get yourself three or four of them, plant them about every three weeks, and you got color right on through March. You can't beat it. Quick break, we come back. Uh, we'll jump back into the guarding phone lines again 800 823 513 749 here in 55K. Uh, see, there you go. I'm messing up again. Here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Landscaping made easier with your personal yard boy. He's in the garden and he's Ron Wilson. Don't miss any of your favorite shows. Get the podcast on the iHeartRadio app at 55KRC.com.
KRC and online at 55KRC.com. It's the How-To Saturday here on 55KRC, and here's our lineup at 9 o'clock. It's Gary Sullivan for the best home repair and home improvement. Then at 11.30, it's Northern Kentucky University basketball. Then we have Simply Medicine. Then at 4 o'clock, it's our own goober, Dale Donovan, and the car show. It all happens right here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back. You're in the garden with Ron Wilson. Again, that toll-free number, 800-823-8255. Don't forget our local number, 513-749-5500, just in case you aren't able to get through on that 800 number. Back to the Yarding phone lines. We shall go. Connie in Ohio, good morning. Good morning. I'd like to find out how to get rid of bamboo, trumpet vine, um, and, and weeds like that. I, I know some of them are called nice plants, but <laughs> you can't get rid of them. Yeah, un- unfortunately. Any help? In the right locations, they're uh, in, in, in. You know, in, I, I look at the bamboo, and I really like bamboo. And of course, there. If you look it's at beautiful, yeah. And, and there are there are running bamboo, and then there are clumping bamboos that aren't as invasive and easier to control. And I think sometimes, and I, I just I wanted to say this real quick is I like bamboo, and I I, I I will recommend bamboo in some situations, knowing that we also talk about putting in an in ground barrier to keep it maintained in the area that you wanted to stay in. And it can be done, and there are great barriers in the ground to hold it and keep bamboo within you know within restricted areas. But if you don't do that, and it, it'll just keep going and going and going, and the next thing you know, it's taken over, and, you, and now it's how do you get rid of it? Um, yes. Probably one of the, the easiest things to do is to, I think anyway, is it, you know, is this big, is this the tall, really big bamboo? No, it's eight ten feet. Okay, if you if you went through and cut that all off at the ground, all right, and you cut it all off at the ground, uh, and you do that this winter, take it all back to the ground, and and I'm assuming you want to get rid of the entire patch. Yes. Take it all off at the ground. What we have done just by doing that is we've eliminated its food source. You know, it has to have the photosynthesis up top to feed the roots down below. Now, how do you keep it from regrowing? So if we cut it back to the ground, um, you could actually go through at that point and using a product in a non-selective vegetation killer, Roundup kills all cleanup, anything like that, you could actually go after that at any time that the new bamboo starts to grow back up, you actually treat it and keep it from ever growing. So you actually start to starve the roots out. That'll take you a year or so to do that, but it does work. I've also seen folks do that where they take it down to the ground um, maybe spray it one time as it starts to regrow, and then tarp it over with a you know landscape fabric or some kind of a tarp or vinyl, and tarp it over and pin it down on the edges and leave that on top. And a lot of times that will stop it from growing as well. Um, and again, we're going back to the starve it out type of a situation. If you want to go through that, okay. that that does work. But here's the other thing: if you rent it, if you rent it somebody with a backhoe. That would come in and actually dig it <laughs> yeah. out. And I'm being honest. Dig it out and take it yeah. away and bring in new soil and fill it back up. That all happens in about a two hour process and it's all gone. Now what they do with that bamboo well, when they take it away. So you know. Yeah, and unfortunately that doesn't happen yeah. in in most cases, but it can be done. Now, the other one was the trumpet vine. Yes. Yeah, you know, and it's again awful. What? And it's my neighbors. Oh. Good luck with that. Here's the yeah. kick. Here's the kicker with with trumpet vine. Beautiful vine, very aggressive. Hummingbirds love it. Pollinators love it. 
but it comes back from not only the root system, but also from the seeds. So when you yeah. when you see it popping up, you're dealing with both of the root system and the seeds. So if you spot treated it where it came up again in 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 landscape beds, as soon as you recognize it coming up, again if you spot treated that with the kills all cleanup roundup, as you as you see it, that would stop it from coming up, and it won't really kill the mother plant because. That doesn't have any effect on the rest of the plant, but it would kill those suckers from coming up, and that's one tr way to try to stop that. Um, do a pre-emergent herbicide in the beds, landscape beds that are close by it to hopefully help to stop some of the seeds from germinating, but you're dealing from with both of those things, seeds and the roots suckering up, and that's really, really tough. And when it's your neighbors like that, that makes it even tougher. Right, right. So, so that it's, it's awful. Yeah, and that's and it's a beautiful vine, and and you know I know folks that have planted that and absolutely love it, but then ten years down the road, all of a sudden when it's everywhere in the landscape, you know it's like, well, mm -hmm. ooh, how do I get rid of this thing? So it's a, mm -hmm. it's one you have to think about when you if everybody's ever considering planting it, uh, that's one you think about a little bit before you put it in the ground. Cool plant, great plant. Palming birds love it. If you've got an open area with a you know a trellis or a fence or something to let it grow on, it's wonderful. I saw a a, a four sided um gazebo one time that they planted on each post the gazebo actually rotted out they took the wood structure out and it stayed the shape of the gazebo with the with the trumpet oh vine. yeah it was really cool but if you looked around the rest of their landscape they had them growing everywhere because they could mm -hmm. because of the seeds so yeah it's a tough right. one but yeah right. pre-emergent herbicide will help a little bit spot treating recognizing them as they as they first start to come up um, will help you as well. And uh, yeah, other than that, that's about all you can do. Okay. Unfortunately. Thank you very much. Appreciate your help. Well, good luck with everything. you got a couple frustrating ones there, but, uh, you know, it's it's a constant battle, I'm sure. All right. Good talking to you. And, again, that's the, you know, you, you, I love bamboo. Um, as a matter of fact, here by our studios, there's an expressway, and as a uh, visual barrier, they planted bamboo patches they're really long. I mean, it's we're talking uh, probably as long as a football field, and and about fifteen feet deep in front of a. They've got the wall there, and then they put that in as a green barrier. This was planted many, many, many years ago, and it's got an in-ground bamboo barrier in the ground. All right, that they put around it and then planted the bamboo. It has maintained and stayed inside that barrier for many years. And it looks nice, and it's a great, uh, great barrier. But again, they did the in-ground barrier, and that does work if you're interested in using running bamboo in your landscape. And there are clumping varieties that will stay much more contained and easier to keep tight like that. But in-ground barriers will work. And there's, a, I think, about 30 inches deep, and they keep a lip up about four inches out of the ground, so they can't jump over that lip. But they'll do that, and they've they've been like that for, geez, probably 15 years, and it looks great. All right, we'll uh, take a quick break. We come back. We'll jump back into the gardening phone lines at 800-823-8255 here in the garden with Ron Wilson. Green thumb or not, Ron can help at 1-800-823-TALK. This is In the Garden with Ron Wilson. Brian Thomas, weekday mornings at 5 on 55KRC and online at 55KRC.com.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.